That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I mean, you just have to see what's going on in Gaza. They're killing children, destroying all of the civilian facilities, the hospitals, the schools. 1.7 million Palestinians living in Gaza have been made homeless, completely displaced. And the idea of saying, so what's there for them to come back to? How are they going to live? What are they going to do? No water, no bread, no schools, no hospitals, no facilities. This is the plan, ultimately. The Israelis bombed the most crowded refugee camp in Gaza twice. They leveled a na entire neighborhood called Block 6. People were digging their children out of the rubble with their bare hands after this bombing. I've seen the footage, and it is horrific. Uh, but there is lots and lots of footage of children and babies being pulled out of rubble in Gaza. And it's gruesome. It's terrible. These are the deaths of children in conflict zones. And it's children killed per day. The Iraq war, it was 0.6. Ukraine is 0.7. Yemen, 1.5. Afghanistan, 2. Syria, 3. Gaza, 136. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Ryan Dawson uh, returns to the show with much appreciation from so many of you and, of course, from me and my team. Ryan, it's a pleasure. I know you're directly on the other side of the world from us now, but thank you for uh, the time and thank you for your thoughts uh, and for your insight. Pleasure uh, to be back. I, I love the sweatshirt you're wearing. Maybe you can stand yeah. up so we can all see it. End all aid to Israel. We'll talk about that in a minute. Of course, uh, I do want to start with uh, Ukraine. Over the weekend, there were these uh, crazy numbers uh, released by uh, President Zelensky claiming only 31,000 Ukrainian uh, soldiers have uh, died in this two-year conflagration. 
Uh, Colonel McGregor says his sources tell him it's 500,000. His sources are based on counting obituaries and counting new graves dug since uh, the Ukrainian military, like the Israeli Defense Forces, doesn't reveal truthful information. What is your take on the the relative uh, destructive power of the Russian military and the losses of the Ukraines? Well, it's definitely not 31,000. I would put that number closer to McGregor's estimate of about half a million for sure. 31,000 is a ridiculous statistic. I don't know how. Usually when they lie, they get a little bit closer to the truth. That's just absurd. That's If it's 31,000, why are they dragging people out of their bed and trying to press them into service? They're sending pregnant women to the front line. Ukraine's desperate. They're getting hammered worse than Paul Pelosi. <laughs> nice uh, comparison. And I think you're right. Usually when the government lies, there's some kernel of truth in there in which it can hang its hat or some kernel of respectability, but there's no kernel of respectability whatsoever uh, for that number. But yet President Zelensky has come out with it anyway. Also over the weekend, this will raise your blood pressure if you haven't seen it already, uh, is the uh, mastermind of the disaster in Ukraine uh, going back to 2014, Victoria Nuland. She gave a speech and we have a couple of clips for you. Uh, I, I'm going to play this first one, number eight, uh, Chris, where she says Putin is wrong. And listen to what she says about the city of Kharkiv uh, in this clip. Ukraine, as we saw in the news, has been forced to withdraw from Avdeevka. Kharkiv, one of Ukraine's proudest eastern city, a Russian-speaking city, is bombarded daily in an effort to disable it. And Ukraine's economy is still fragile, with almost 100% of tax revenues going to defense now. Vladimir Putin, in addition to now to planning anti-satellite weapons in space and bearing responsibility for the death of his most popular opponent, Alexei Navalny, thinks he can wait Ukraine out. And he thinks he can wait out all of us. We need to prove him wrong. Let's unpack this nonsense from the uh, <laughs> princess of neocons. Uh, yeah. Kharkiv is being bombed, yes, by the Ukrainians. It's a Russian-speaking city that they are bombing in an area that they claim is Ukraine. How deceptive. How, How about Navalny? Can she be? Go ahead. I'm sorry. The, mo the most popular opponent. Navalny is about as popular as CNN Plus. 2% at most. He was right. most likely a spy. I agree with Scott Ritter's assessment on that. Victoria Newland doesn't know how to tell the truth, nor does her husband. Robert Kagan was the co-founder of PNAC that dragged us into war in Iraq based on deceptions. He wrote those papers about what sourcing the Israelis, by the way, claiming that uh, Muhammad Atta got anthrax or Iraqis in Prague. That never happened either. She's also on the board of the National Endowment for Democracy, which is supposed to be an NGO, yet it's financed through the government. So it cannot be a non-government organization being funded by the government. How that works, I don't know. But they're the masters of Newspeak. And yes, Kharkiv has been, oh, that whole eastern region, Kharkiv, all of Donetsk and Luhansk has been getting bombed by Ukraine since 2014. But no, no explanation for that. Uh, of course, here's another one from her in which she claims that uh, 
because no American soldiers, as far as we know, have heretofore been at risk, the U.S. is safer since we've been funding it, the, the Ukraine war against Russia. Number nine, Chris. Without sending a single U.S. soldier into combat and investing less than one-tenth of one year's defense budget of the United States, we have helped Ukraine destroy 50% of Russia's ground combat power, 50%, and 20% of its vaunted Black Sea fleet. Ukraine has taken off the battlefield 21 naval ships, 102 Russian aircraft, and 2,700 Russian tanks. By every measure, Ukraine's bravery and strength, its resilience, has made the United States safer too. Please challenge that, that, she's, that this has made the United States safer, Ryan. Oh, and, the, and her claims about all the tanks and planes, just like they said, Russia was running out of ammo every month since the war started. Yeah, it was NATO that ran out of 155 millimeter ammo and had to scramble around the world buying it from South Korea and other places all over to try to replace it. She doesn't know how to tell the truth. Is she even her lies? She's reading off a card. She couldn't memorize the little two minute speech she had to give. Well, she she has a vested interest in the war going on and on and on, at least until the uh, elections of 2024. Uh, after which, I, I, hard for me to believe that Joe Biden would be elected. I don't think he's either not going to run or if he runs, I think he's going to lose. But I don't want to get into domestic politics with you. Uh, but just like Bibi Netanyahu has a, a domestic political vested interest in keeping the slaughter in Gaza going on because of what will happen to him when it's over. I think she has a domestic uh, American political interest in keeping this war uh, going on. I'll play you one more for her. Listen to this. At the very end, she says, we have a nasty surprise for Mr. Putin. This is the woman who wants to use Ukraine as a battering ram to drive Vladimir Putin from office. Number Cut number 10, Chris. With the $60 billion supplemental that the administration has requested of Congress, we can ensure that Ukraine not only survives, but she thrives. With this support, in 2024, we can help ensure Ukraine can continue to fight, to build, to recover, and to reform. With this money, Ukraine will be able to fight back in the East, but it will also be able to accelerate the asymmetric warfare that has been most effective on the battlefield. And as I said in Kyiv three weeks ago, this supplemental funding will ensure Putin faces some nasty surprises on the battlefield this year. What do you think? The nasty surprises on the battlefield. She must acknowledge, and you explained this the last time you were on with us, that $60 billion is going to stay here in the United States and go to the American uh, military industrial uh, complex to build more weapons. And the older stuff that's in storage is what's going to be shipped there. And there might not even be, I'm speaking for you, a Ukraine no, and right. <laughs> time it gets there. Go ahead. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. 
but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A lot of that is going to go straight to Lottagreed Martin. Excuse me, Lockheed Martin. That's where it's going to go. Listen, she sounds like she's giving a, a middle school book report. And she's not that stupid. So who is she addressing this to? They're not that dumb. They don't really have these delusions that they're going to defeat Russia and Ukraine. They keep saying it. You said they use them as a battering ram. I, I agree more with Larry Johnson. It's more like a crash test dummy and the wall won. What she's really talking to, the people she's talking to are the people of the military industrial complex. They need to sell. We need another 60 billion. If you look at Lockheed stock for the last two years, it's gone up a hundred points, a hundred points, almost unheard of. Unless you're in the weapons industry, MIC people call it, you know, infamous or famous from Ike's uh, farewell address where he addressed them by name, the military industrial complex. These donuts of lobbyists that sit around D.C. and McLean, Virginia and these areas are getting hundreds of billions of dollars in what we call corporate welfare. We haven't seen this level of corporate welfare since Lincoln. And that's what this aid is about. It's about cycling it through Ukraine back to industries. They dump all their obsolete stuff in the battlefield. If they were serious, if they were ideologically in this and trying to defeat the Russians, why do they dump the M777 toad howitzers? Or remember the, the javelins, that's what's going to do it. We're going to run up and hit it with a javelin, a Russian tank. You had Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, excuse me, uh, drunk on the podium, banging her jewelry on the I want to bomb some tanks. When the Russians had columns of tanks, the Russians had columns of tanks in the beginning of the SMO because they were threatening Kiev. Uh, that all got changed after Boris Johnson sold them on. Don't worry, we have your back. And they put all the money right. in. The reason that the, the, a lot of people, they learn about war, I think, from video games in Hollywood. The reason Russia didn't just smash Ukraine in like one week, like some people thought, there is no point in playing capture the city in a war where it you're not really depriving the enemy of resources since all the resources come from abroad anyway if all their money and weapons and things are coming from nato capturing cities doesn't really matter because you're not depriving them of manufacturing or income because they're not reliant on that anyway if ukraine had to pay for all this war by itself it would have lost within months right because it was out of money right away but if you get hundreds of millions of dollars from abroad, the only thing you can do is win a war of attrition by forcing the other side to run out of soldiers, which is a horrible way to lose a war. And that's exactly what's happening. You can't replace a soldier. That's 17, 18 years to grow a person. Here's um, French President Macron making what I think is a terrifying and stupid statement, but I'd like your thoughts on a cut 11, Chris. There is no consensus today to send ground troops in an official, endorsed and sanctioned manner, but in dynamic terms, nothing should be ruled out. But in dynamic terms, nothing should be ruled out. How 
reckless do you think NATO might be? Might they actually consider putting troops on the ground uh, and commencing World War III? They won't put troops on the ground. They do the Obama shenanigans where they finesse the language. These aren't troops. These are contractors. They're different. <laughs> They're, but they already have had contractor mercenaries on the ground, and they did get wiped out especially Poland. Poland has put in a number of troops and they've died just like the Ukrainians. I don't see a lot of the other NATO members stomaching this uh, because they can't handle the casualties. I don't know because you're uh, around the world. Of course, you can get this on the internet. If you saw the New York Times uh, puff piece on the CIA, I think it was Sunday or Monday. I think it was Sunday. It's about 10,000 words. It's long. It obviously leaked what the CIA wanted uh, leak, but some of it was rather startling that the CIA has 12 bases in Ukraine. Obviously, the Russians know where those 12 bases are and probably hear everything that's going on there, uh, that the CIA is uh, showing uh, Ukrainian soldiers how to aim American weaponry so that it reaches inside Russia. So let me get this straight, Ryan Dawson. We have... American weaponry being operated by American intelligence agents with American ammunition reaching inside the Russian border. Is the United States starting a war with Russia? I believe it already did. I mean, everybody knows all of Ukraine. All the, I mean, When you say NATO, it's mostly the United States. Most of the weapons they have in the field from day one have been from the United States. It's, those are American weapons. They've given them tanks. They offloaded their useless Bradleys, a, uh, a transport vehicle so bad they made a movie about it called Pentagon Wars. I believe Kelsey Grammer starred in that. It's bad. All their obsolete gear, they just gave it to the Ukrainians. Here, you go die in this tin can. And it won't make a difference whether the CIA is it. But if you're going to start targeting inside Russia, you're asking for it. Now, they have done this with some drone attacks in Moscow. That happened before British intelligence helped take out the Kirsch Bridge in Crimea. Right. And somebody blew up the Nord Stream line. I guess it was dolphins. But we know who this is, right. and that is CIA. And they are that sloppy, and they are being listened to. And Russia knows. Now, but what would you like them to do? They can't. They're not going to attack inside the United States. But we have soured relations forever. There is not going to be reconciliation after this war. And it's going to get worse for America and Syria and other places. But they don't know how to work with the Russians. They are just hell-bent on opposing anything Russia and especially Putin does. Were you um, switching gears now since you mentioned uh, Syria? I'm going to switch to the Israeli uh, embassy in Washington, D.C. and to the sweatshirt that you're wearing. Yeah. Were you surprised at the outpouring of emotion and support for Mr. Bushnell, uh, who immolated uh, himself, much like the Buddhist monks uh, did to protest American imperialism uh, in Vietnam in the 60s? And were you surprised when those who rushed to his burning body didn't bring... Um, uh, fire extinguishers, they, they pointed M16s at him. Yeah, pointing a gun at a man dying on the ground in flames. When you're being ordered, I don't need guns, I need fire extinguishers, and they're just panicking. Eh. 
it the, the whole thing was sickening it was sickening to watch i've seen both things i've seen an outpour of support i've also seen people mocking them the israelis have telegram channels where it's just endless jokes about this man's death you know people were thrown out and said i don't endorse suicide but i don't condone i don't condemn this either i understand it i'll just say in japan they uh, i'll say this and then i'll translate it but they would probably say imi no arushi erin bush no bushi tata bonsai he had a meaningful death because what he was doing and he stated clearly was an extreme form of protest against the genocide in gaza but more so if you read his social media he gets into it further it's not just gaza it's been a, it's something that he felt like we absolutely cannot allow to be normalized the slaughter of innocent people whether that's starving them in yemen and iraq or them up in gaza that cannot be allowed and he felt like it by doing this he wasn't targeting the israelis he knows they were going to laugh at him he was targeting us media and he forced their hand because what did us media do they said that he died and didn't say why but what that does is it makes it harder and harder for regular couch potatoes to sit there and watch that and not admit that there is an absolute bias for zionism in american media well there's no question about that uh my dear friend i think i was watching uh, one of your clips when you were arguing how history will find this slaughter in Gaza funded by the United States and opposed by no one. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Uh, because that's that's what it uh that's what it's become. How have, is it not mental illness to drop bombs on apartments full of people? Right. How is it not mental Israelis have dropped those bombs that shoot the blades out and take people's legs off? They broke into a hospital, shot people in their hospital beds. They've taken bulldozers to desecrate the dead and, and just bulldoze open graves. They're, they're poking people's eyes out and peeing on corpses. They're causing mass starvation. They attack the aid trucks. They use the aid trucks as bait and use snipers to shoot civilians trying to go get food for their families. They're smothering to death little babies. They turn the electricity off so babies on incubators would freeze to death. They're torturing people. They rape people. And then they always accuse others of what they're actually doing. Their, their accusations are confessions. That's mental illness. It's mentally ill what they did to Muhammad Abur Kandir, where they poured gasoline down his throat and burned him from the inside out, kidnapped a 16-year-old boy. And, you know, in the U.S. had different stance on immolation. You mentioned a monk in Vietnam, but remember Jan Pollock in the Czech Republic. They named streets after him. You know, it depends on the political cause. It's not mental illness then. It's only mental illness and just crazy veteran when it doesn't fit the state narrative. And we do have a state narrative. Every single mass media outlet refused to even acknowledge the message he was trying to send. It, this was a, a caring man in an insane world. He had orders, by the way, to you know, stand by, ready to bomb. Yes. 
And yeah, I don't saw, know how many we dead saw, We saw the orders, and uh, even though the orders were dated in November, I'm sure as it got closer and closer to the likelihood uh, of American troops and his unit being sent there, uh, he was uh, prompted in, internally within his brain and within his soul uh, to, do, uh, to do what he did. And the American media still doesn't want to go there. The mainstream media, I mean, forums like this, people like you, like the guests that I have here, uh, openly uh, discuss this uh, without condoning suicide, but with condoning uh, the message that he's trying to send and catching the media uh, flat-footed. Uh, your last statement to Ryan was so so articulate. There's nothing I can say to enhance it. It was so articulate. Well, I'll tell you this. He wouldn't, we wouldn't know about it if he didn't live stream it. Because this happened in, in December. A woman set herself on fire on a Palestinian flag in Atlanta. I don't even know her name. It wasn't live stream and the media buried it. They only talk about it because they were forced to. It was all over Facebook and they couldn't censor it quick enough. And people saw it. They said, and he stood there. He didn't stop and drop and roll on the ground. He stood there, free Palestine, free Palestine, as long as he could, his clothing falling off as he burned to death. This is some, this is serious. And he felt that way. And he probably went to those extreme lengths because there is no free speech. And he did not see any other way to get the message to reach as many people as he felt was needed to stop the slaughter and genocide, this ethnic cleansing, which has been going on long before October 7th. Ryan uh, Dawson, thank you very much. Very emotional stuff we're talking about. And you're so um, clear-eyed and articulate. Um, deeply grateful for you spending the time joining us. I know you're doing a lot of traveling. I hope you can come back again next week. Would love to. Thank you, my friend. All the best. Tomorrow we have uh, your uh, regular uh, friends. We have Colonel McGregor. We have Professor Mearsheimer. We have Scott Horton returning. And we have Professor uh, Jeff Sachs. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom. <laughs>